Hi, this is Hanzala here. How are you all? I hope so. You all are fine there. You all will be thinking, why she is uploading the podcast today? As per my sixth sense, today is Wednesday, not Tuesday. Yeah, I know. But that's the surprise. I will upload all the weekdays, every five pages of the book for you guys. To listen my plays, spontaneously download it, share it as much as you can. Yeah, subscribe it. Subscribe, huh? Please, because it's free. Not to pay the money there. <laughs> yeah. Before getting into the story, I have a song for you, my lovelies. Did you want to listen it? So let's get started. Good thing is a good thing. Bad thing is a bad thing. Good thing is a good thing. Bad thing is a bad thing. Sorry, sorry. Um, I thought my voice was quite pretty, but what happened? Ah, uh, leave it, leave it, leave it. I was quite nervous, so I think. By the way, my voice is so pretty, you guys as well know it, yeah. <laughs> uh, getting into the story, not wasting your time. Always, I say, take out all the stress from your minds and throw it out of the window there. Because to listen a story, you should be calm. Make a smile on your face and listen it out with the grace with Swayba Hanzala. The Dairy of a Young Girl Written by the adorable girl Annie M. Frank Saturday, June 20, 1942 Riding in a dairy is a really strange experience for someone like me. Not only because I have never written anything before, but also because it seems to me that later on neither I nor anyone else will be interested in the musings of a 13-year-old schoolgirl. Oh well, it doesn't matter. I feel like writing and I have an even greater need to get all kinds of things off my chest. Paper has more patience than people. I thought of this saying on one of those days when I was feeling a little depressed and was sitting at home with my chin in my hands, bored and listless, wondering whether to stay in or go out. I finally stayed where I was, boarding. Yes, paper does have more patience. And since I am not planning to let anyone else read this stiff-packed notebook, grandly referred to as a diary, unless I should ever find a real friend, it probably won't make a bit of difference. Now I am back to the point that prompted me to keep a diary in the first place. I don't have a friend. Let me put it more clearly, since no one will believe that a 13-year-old girl is completely alone in the world. And I'm not. I have loving parents and a 16-year-old sister. 
and there are about 30 people I can call friends. I have a tranche of admirers who can't keep their adoring eyes of me and who sometimes have to resort to using a broken pocket mirror to try and catch a glimpse of me in the classroom. I have a family, loving aunts and a good home. No, on the surface I seem to have everything except my one true friend. All I think about when I'm with friends is having a good time. I can't bring myself to talk about anything but ordinary everyday things. We don't seem to be able to get any closer and that's the problem. Maybe it's my fault that we don't confide in each other. In any case, that's just how things are. And unfortunately, they're not liable to change. This is why I have started the diary. To enhance the image of this long-awaited friend in my imagination, I don't want to jot down the facts in the diary the way most people would do. But I want the diary to be my friend. And I'm going to call this friend Kitty, since no one would understand a word of my stories to Kitty. If I were to plunge right in, I would better provide a brief sketch of my life. Much as I dislike doing so, my father, the most adorable father I have ever seen, didn't marry my mother until he was 36 and she was 25. My sister Margot was born in Frankfurt am Main in Germany in 1926. I was born on June 12, 1929. I lived in Frankfurt until I was four because we are Jewish. My father immigrated to Holland in 1933 when he became the managing director of the Dutch Opecta company which manufactures products used in making jam. My mother Added Hollander Frank went with him to Holland in September while Margot and I were sent to Achan to stay with her grandmother. Margot went to Holland in December and I followed in February when I was plunked down on the table as a birthday present for Margot. I studied right away at the Montessori Nursery School. I stayed there until I was six at which time I started first grade. In sixth grade, my teacher was Mrs. Cooperis, the principal. At the end of the year, we were both in tears as we said a heart-breaking farewell because I was being accepted at the Jewish Lyceum, where Margot also went to school. Our lives were not without anxiety since our relatives in Germany were suffering under Hitler's anti-Jewish laws. After the pogroms in 1938, my two uncles, my mother's brothers, fled Germany, finding safe refuge in North America. My elderly grandmother came to live with us. She was 73 years old at the time. After May 1940, the good times were few and far between. First there was the war, then the capitulation, and then the arrival of the Germans, which is when the terrible started for the Jews. 
our freedom was severely restricted by a series of anti-Jewish decrees. Jews were required to wear a yellow star. Jews were required to turn in their bicycle. Jews were forbidden to use street cars. Jews were forbidden to ride in cars. Even their own Jews were required to do their shopping between 3 and 5 p.m. Jews were required to frequent only Jewish owned barber shops and beauty parlors. Jews were forbidden to be out on the streets between 8 p.m. and 6 a.m. Jews were forbidden to attend theaters, movies, or any other forms of entertainment. Jews were forbidden to use swimming pools, tennis courts, hockey fields, or any other athletic fields. Jews were forbidden to go rowing. Jews were forbidden to take part in any athletic activity in public. Jews were forbidden to sit in their gardens with those of their friends after 8 p.m. Jews were forbidden to visit Christians in their homes. Jews were required to attend Jewish schools, etc. You couldn't do this and you couldn't do that. But life went on. Jack always said to me, I don't dare to do anything more because I'm afraid it's not allowed. In the summer of 1941, grandma got sick and had to have an operation. So my birthday passed with little celebration. In the summer of 1940, we didn't do much for my birthday either since the fighting had just ended in Holland. Grandma died in January 1942. No one knows how often I think of her and still love her. This birthday celebration in 1942 was intended to make up for the others. And grandma's candle was lit along with the rest. The four of us are still doing well and that brings me to the present date of June 20, 1942. and the solemn dedication of my diary Saturday June 20 1942 Dearest Kitty let me get started right away It's nice and quiet now Father and mother are out and Margot has gone to play ping pong with some other young people at her friend Trees I have been playing a lot of ping pong myself lately so much that five of us girls have formed a club. It's called The Little Daper Minus Two. A really silly name, but it's based on a mistake. We want to give our club a special name. And because there were five of us, we came up with the idea of The Little Daper. We thought it consisted of five stars. But we turned out to be wrong. It has seven. Like the Big Dipper, we explains the minus two. Ilse Wagner has a ping pong set and the Wagners let us play in their big dining room whenever we want. Since we five ping pong players like ice cream, especially in the summer, 
and since you get hot playing ping pong or games usually end with a visit to the nearest ice cream parlor that allows juice, either osus or delphine. We have long since stopped hunting around for our purses or money. Most of the time, it's too busy. In Osses, that we managed to find a few generous young men of our acquaintance or admirer to offer us more ice cream than we could eat in a week. You're probably a little surprised to hear me talking about admirers at such a tender age, unfortunately, or not. As the case may be, this vice seems to be rampant at our school. As soon as boy asks if he can bicycle home with me and we get to talking, nine times out of ten, I can be sure, he will become enamored on the spot and won't let me out of his sight for a second. His order eventually cools. Especially since I ignore his passionate glances and pedal by Thalay on my way. If it gets so bad that they start rambling on about, asking father's permission. I survey slightly on my bike, my school bag falls, and the young man feels obliged to get off his bike and hand me the bag. By which time, I had switched the conversation to another topic. These are the most innocent types. Of course, there are those who blow you kisses or try to take hold of your arm. But they're definitely knocking on the wrong door. I get off my bike and either refuse to make further use of their company or act as if I'm insulted and tell them in no uncertain terms to go on home without me. There you are, we have now laid the basis for our friendship. Until tomorrow, yours, Annie. Sunday, June 21st, 1942. Dearest Kitty, our entire class is quacking in its boots. The reason, of course, is the upcoming meeting in which the teachers decide who will be promoted to the next grade and who will be kept back. Half the class is making bets. Jesus and I laugh ourselves, sick at the two boys behind us, Sayin and Jack's cousin art, who have stuck their entire vacation saving on their bet. From morning to night, it's you're going to pass. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Even G's pleading glances and my angry outbursts can't calm them down. If you ask me, there are so many dummies that about a quarter of the class should be kept back. But teachers are the most unpredictable creatures on earth. Yeah. Maybe this time they will be unpredictable in the right direction for a change. I'm not so worried about my girlfriends and myself. We will make it. Hmm? The only subject I'm not sure about is math. Math is worst. Anyway, all we can do is wait. Hmm? Let's wait. Eh? Until then, we keep telling each other not to lose heart. 
I get along pretty well with all my teachers. There are nine of them, seven men and two women. Mr. Kaysen, the old fogge who teaches math, was mad at me for the longest time because I talked so much. After several warnings, he assigned me extra homework and essay on the subject. A chatter box. Isn't it funny? A chatter box. What can you write about that? I would worry about that later. I decided. I jotted down the assignment in my notebook, tucked it in my bag and tried to keep quiet. The evening after I would finish the rest of my homework, the note about the essay caught my eye. I began thinking about the subject while chewing the tip of my fountain pen. Anyone could ramble on and leave big spaces between the words. But the trick was to come up with convincing arguments to prove the necessity of talking. I thought and thought and suddenly I had an idea. I wrote the three pages. Mr. Kaysen had assigned me and was satisfied. I argued that talking is a female trait and that I would do my best to keep it under control. But that I would never be able to break myself of the habit. Since my mother talked as much, I said, if not more, and that there's not much you can do about inherited traits. Mr. Kaysen had a good laugh at my arguments. But when I proceeded to my talk, my way to the next class, he assigned me a secondary essay. This time it was supposed to be an incorrigible chatterbox. I handed it in. And Mr. Kaysen had nothing to complain about for two whole classes. However, during the third class we had finally had enough. Annie Frank as punishment for talking in class. Write an essay entitled Quack 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 said Mistress Chatterback. <laughs> The class roared. I had to laugh too, though I nearly exhausted my ingenuity on the topic of chatterboxes. It was time to come up with something else, something original. My friend Sani, who's good at poetry, offered to help me write the essay from beginning to end in verse. I jumped of joy. Kissing was trying to play a joke on me with his ridiculous subject but I would make sure the joke was on him. I finished my poem and it was beautiful. It was about a mother duck and a father swan with three baby ducklings that were bitten to death by the father because they quacked so much. Luckily, Kissing took the joke the right way. He read the poem to the class, adding his own comments and to several other classes as well. Since then, I have been allowed to talk and have not been assigned any extra homework. On the contrary, Kissing's always making joking these days to me. He not dared to make jokes on me. Yours, Anne. Wednesday, June 24, 1942.
dearest kitty it's sweltering everyone is huffing and puffing and in this heat i have to talk everywhere only now do i realize how pleasant a street car is but we jews are no longer allowed to make use of this luxury our own to feed our good and for us yesterday at lunch time i had an appointment with the dentist on jack lincoln start it's a long way from my school on standismentarian that afternoon i nearly fell asleep at my desk fortunately people automatically offer you something to drink the dental assistant is really kind the only mode of transportation left to us is the ferry the ferryman at joseph israel kid took us across when we asked him to it's not the fault of the touch that we jews are having such a bad time i wish i didn't have to go to school my bike was stolen during easter vacation and father gave mother's bike to some christian friends for safekeeping thank goodness summer vacation is almost here one more week and our tournament will be over something unexpected happened yesterday morning as i was passing the bicycle racks i heard my name pekin called i turned around and there was the nice boy i had met the evening before at my friend wolens he is wolmer's second cousin i used to think wolma was nice which she is but all she ever talks about is boys and that gets to be poor he came toward me somewhat shyly and introduced himself as hello silverberg i was a little surprised and was not sure what he wanted but it didn't take me long to find out he asked if i would allow him to accompany me to school as long as you are headed that way i will go without you then i thought about it i said i will go with you i said and so we walked together hello is 16 and good at telling all kinds of funny stories he was waiting for me again this morning and i accept he will be from now yours anne so that's up guys for today's if you like it please please download my plays share as much as you can okay please i request you guys so uh that's it for today i have read you five pages then we'll meet you tomorrow tomorrow is um thursday so we'll meet you tomorrow with energetic with a beautiful day so be happy be smiling be yourself make people smile make your family smile be positive around a positive vibes and may you have a great great years ahead and may god fulfill your life with good deeds smiles toffees chocolates nom 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 sorry sorry <laughs> sorry for that advice i love chocolates by the way 
and I'm gonna go now and bring the chocolate for myself and eat. Ah, nothing about the sugar and all. Live it. So please, please guys, support me, download it, share as much as you can. And I love you, my lovelies. Take care, be safe, and be happy. Be smiling. Love you. Bye. Take care.